to another episode of the Sports Web Podcast right here on Heat 100 Radio. Listen, you can check us out on TuneIn, on the TuneIn app. You can get the TuneIn app and tune in and check us out. Just search Heat 100 Radio. Or you can go to the app. Look at the group page, Sports Web Podcast, where we are each and every Monday. Yes. And we are live right now, or we're going to be live in just a second. So work with us, but you know what happens. You know what we do. And in the description, in the group description, there is the link, the RDO link, where you can get the link to listen in if you can't get on, uh, tune in. If you already at work and you want to tune in, go ahead. If you want to sneak and jump in on Facebook, the group page, Sportswear Podcast, we are here. So, mm-hmm. let's get to it. Let's do what we do. Yeah. And you know how it goes down. Yes, we give you some news, some updates. And we get into our scores for the current sports that are going on right now. And then we get into the meat of the show. So today, got a couple of good things, I think, um, to discuss today. We are going to talk some NBA Finals. We got Game 4, Game 5. Game 5 tonight. Tomorrow. Tonight. Wait, tonight. Am, I, am I tripping? Tonight. Yes, Game 5 is tonight. Yes, sir. Back in Oakland. So we'll see what happens. That series is now tied 2-2. So it's been a good, really good series so far, so we'll hold that. We're going to get to that yeah. in just a second. We're also going to talk uh, a little bit about the upcoming draft, mm-hmm. which is actually 10 days away, if you will. Today's wow. the 13th. The draft is the 23rd. Yes, sir. So it's 10 days away. Then I found another article, and I'm going to hold this what it is until we get to it. Mm-hmm. Then we are definitely going to talk a little bit on the Jack Del Rio comments, and we are going to get to a little bit of the PGA versus the LIV. If you don't know what that means, don't worry. Sit tight, bear with us, work with us. We're going to get to that and let you know all about that particular issue. So here we go. News and updates for today, Monday, June 13th, 2022. So just give me a second here. I'm turning the volume down. So now we're here. All right. As you know, uh, the L.A. Lakers have hired a new coach, and it's just been announced that Rashid Wallace will join that coaching staff as an assistant coach. Charlotte Hornets are also in their coaching search, have uh, reportedly hired Kenny Atkinson as their next head coach. Um, He will become the head coach once he's done with the uh, finals because he is now currently an assistant on the Golden State Warriors staff. Donovan Mitchell is reportedly unsettled after the resignation of his head coach, Quinn Snyder. Um, There's a couple of candidates for the Jazz vacancy. Um, I'll tell you who those are in just a second, but Donovan Mitchell is a little unsettled, so that means that he's uncertain about the direction of the team right now. Um, Kenny, I'm sorry, not Kenny, Quinn Snyder is the only coach that he's had since he's been in the league. Right. Um, there's talk and rumors about them wanting, as an organization, to build around Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Right. But again, the coach stepped down. So that makes you scratch your head a little bit, you know, and their star is unsettled. So, yeah, their, their coach stepping down makes you question a lot of things right. uh, about the situation. I'm not going to say the organization or anything like that, but it's just a little strange that you have a coach that's coached the team 
He's been in the playoffs. Just couldn't get over. Mm-hmm. Just couldn't get past that little push. They had a little bit more they needed to push. Right. Couldn't get through. And now he decides to step down. So there's more to that story, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll probably never know. If we do get any information on that, I'll definitely transfer or relay that information to all of you guys, as I always do. Yes, sir. Um, the Orioles CEO um, is sued by his brother over control of the team. Mm-hmm. The Henry Ruggs lawyers have bid to, blo- to block the fatal Vegas crash uh, blood evidence. So what that means is they're, they're trying to put in a bid to um, make the evidence, the blood evidence, inadmissible in court. For whatever reason, I don't know, but I mean, for all intent purposes, I hope they can do something to help this young man out. But it's because it's at the way things look right now on the surface, face value, not really looking all that good. But we'll definitely see what happens with that. Um, Tiger Woods has become the third athlete to become a billionaire per Forbes magazine. The commanders have fined Jack Del Rio $100,000 for his comments on the Capitol invasion, and we will get to a little bit of that a little bit later on. Um, free agent safety Trey Boston has again expressed interest in playing for the Eagles. He said he wants to play and join uh, Darius Slay and James Bradbury. Melody Hobson is set to become the first black female owner of an NFL team. So shout outs to her. Kudos to her. Uh, and I think there she's going to be a part owner of the Denver Broncos, uh, who just recently sold for, I think, like $4.6 billion. But Melanie Ho- Melody Hobson, great, great uh, feat for her. Uh, if you don't know, she is or was the wife of George Lucas of Star Wars. Sagas, the Star Wars whatever you want to call him, (laughs) but we all know Star Wars. We all know George Lucas. Uh, That was his wife. And again, African-American female Mm -hmm. becoming the first African-American female owner of an NFL team. Uh, uh, The Lightning have advanced to their third straight NHL Stanley Cup finals. And finally, Jack Del Rio, amidst all of this controversy, has recently deleted his... Twitter account. Um, once hey, all hey, real quick, time. can I add to that? If it happens, the Tampa Bay Lightning will be the first team. Uh, the last time we ever did it was uh, Kobe and I back in the they won three straight uh, world titles for a sport team. So mm-hmm. I, I'm betting on that. So. Well, they're the last ones in the NHL since like 80 something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That far, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, they, I think they're going to do it. So they're going to be the yeah. <laughs> So yesterday, we got some scores for yesterday in Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. You got the A's fall to the Guardians 6-3. The Diamondbacks beat up on the Phils 13-1. The Cubs fall to the Yankees 18-4. The Brewers beat the Nationals 4-1. The Blue Jays blank the Tigers 6-zip. Orioles 10, Royals 7, I'm sorry. The Marlins fall to the Astros 9-4. The Rays blank the Twins 6-zip. The Rangers get by the White Sox 8-6. The Dodgers get shut out by the Giants, 2-zip. The Red Sox shut out the Mariners, also 2-zip. The Mets fall, oh, the Mets, I'm sorry, beat the Angels, 4-1. Pirates fall to the Braves, 5-3. And the Reds, in a close one, 
edge out the Cardinals 7-6. In the NHL, like we said, the Rangers fall to the Lightning. The Lightning advance to their third straight Stanley Cup Finals. Um, wish them the best of luck. Going back to the NBA Finals on Friday, Game 4, the Celtics fall 97-107. Series is now tied 2-2 tonight, Game 5, ABC. Yesterday in WNBA, in a close one, the Sky get by the Liberty, 88-86. The Storm get by the Wings, 84-79. In a somewhat close one, the Mercury get by the Mystics, 99-90. And the Fever over the Lynx, 84-80. In the USFL over the weekend, Mm -hmm. going back to Saturdays, week 9. The Generals get by the Panthers, 25-23. Right. The Gamblers fall to the Stallions in a close one, or the Gamblers defeat the Stallions, I'm sorry, in a close one, 17-15. The, yesterday's games, the Bandits get beat up on by the Breakers, 17-6. Mm-hmm. And the Stars edge out the Maulers, 17-16. Mm-hmm. So, Stan, good law. Stan Laws, thank you, Coach. Good morning to you. Blessings to you as well. Thanks for tuning in, as always. So that is your scores, your updates, your news, and all that good jazz and and everything that you need. So, real quick, the USFL, they are coming towards the end of their season. Um, It's only eight teams in the league, so the top two teams in each uh, division make the playoffs, so it's immediately to the semifinals. Right. Um, and then you'll have the final. Um, I still got some mixed uh views and some mixed opinions about um the league. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of it's a lot, it's some talent. I'm not gonna say a lot, but there is some talent in the USFL that I saw from the um few games that I watched. Right. Uh, also, while I'm talking USFL, shout out to my guy, Rashard Davis, uh, family member, friend of the show, family at station. Mm-hmm. You know, he was here, a former member of the Philadelphia Eagles. He was on the world championship team. So kudos to him for that. But now playing for the Tampa Bay Bandits of the USFL. So shout outs to him, yes, my guy. Um, wish, you, wish you the best, man. Hopefully that was a good audition for you. You can get a look and get a call to somebody's training camp. Uh, coming up in the next couple months or so. But there is a little bit of talent uh, in the USFL, I think. Um, I've had some people talk to me about it. Some people said they couldn't watch it. They couldn't get through an entire game. I think it's one of those leagues or events, like if you will, that you're going to have to get used to. because it's it's totally different than the NFL. Uh, the comparison, they're an upstart league. They're with a restart league. So for this first season, their inaugural season, they played all their games in one stadium. Right. Um, you could tell. it was. You look at some of the games, it was hardly anybody in the stands or whatever. But I think it was a good thing for an upstart league. Everybody play in the same area even though these teams are in different cities. And eventually, I'm thinking they'll get to move to these cities. But in their inaugural season, you've got everybody here in in the same area where we can get 
a better read and gauge on everything that we need to improve on because everything is here. It's not like we got to fly here and check this out and then we're going to fly over here and check out what they're going doing and compare and then do it again. Everything's right here in front of us. We're all right here in the mix right. and we can just go through everything with each other and see how we can improve and, and you know make the league better and get to the point where they can have the funding, the financial backing and everything like that where they can make it um, a league where they can travel to the different cities and market it some more and increase that fan base and get some fans in the stands. But I also think that it's a good way for a lot of NFL teams to gauge in on some players, uh, like they would say undrafted players, undrafted free agents, if you will, that will come in with, even if it's very little, will now come in with some pro experience. Um, teams are going to be looking to fill holes. And we know how training camps go. Sometimes, God forbid, it happens, but people get hurt in training camp. All the time. Uh, then you have to fill, you have to fill the practice squad. Yeah. You know, you have to have backup plans, contingency oh. plans, and all of that. So. In a big way, I also think, and also because of the timing where these guys will, if you get any of these guys get invited to an NFL camp or anything like that, they'll be in shape because they'll be just shortly finished playing uh, in the USFL. So I think it's it's a good way for for some guys who were aspiring to make that leap, um, made the leap but didn't stick and want to get another shot at it. Absolutely. You know, um, so I think it's I think it's a good league, uh, and like I said, it's inaugural league, and it was kind of functioning on a slow speed from what everybody else is accustomed to with the NFL, right. with all the glitz and the glamour and the multi billion dollars, everything, all the production and everything that goes into an NFL game right. is what people are used to, but now you got something that's a little slower paced. Not as many teams. Uh, another difference is these guys are mic'd up, so you can hear the coach calling the plays out. Like you can hear that. the quarterback in the huddle. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got cams on the helmets, things of that nature. They've got the sideline reporters that get right next to the players when they make plays and things of that nature. So I think it's a good league. I think it'll grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, you know, once they're there, like I said, they're there all together. So with the gauge from whatever they get from TV ratings, because it was big, huge that they, being so small, had that TV contract where they could show games on TV where people could get into it and get accustomed to it and get a feel for it. So now they have that TV backing. Now they just got to work on that marketing some more Mm. and and get that going. Mm. Like I said, because they've got Fox Sports and whoever, they got big backing. They just got to put things out in the right direction mm-hmm. and get that backing and get that marketing out. Right. So I think it'll grow. Um, I think it'll get better. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, we'll see what happens uh, with that. Well, with that being said, I would normally take a break here. But I'm not going to take a break right now. Right. I'm going to jump right in, and we're going to talk some NBA finals right. right now. So, you know we've got the Warriors – and the Celtics, uh, four games in, very good series so far. 
Very, very good series. Steph, Steph the MVP so far? I um, they said it, that's one of the biggest games in the history of If I had to, if I had to honestly pick. Somebody right now. I would go a little bit of a slight edge with Jalen Brown. Oh, with Tatum? Yeah. Ooh, Tatum, you're killing it. Tatum Brown. Tatum, no disrespect to Tatum, but Tatum had a couple bad games true, offensively. True. Yeah. He's had a couple bad games offensively. Right, right. And the reason I say Jalen Brown over that, because, again, no disrespect, just seeing how things have been playing out. Curry? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jalen Brown has been more consistent in the three phases of the game. I think Curry got an edge. Um, Curry's carrying Golden State. Yeah. So he's right there. He got more points than all of them. Yeah, but, True. you know, and what I said was Jalen Brown's been more consistent in three facets, in the three different facets of the game. Oh, okay. The leadership, the scoring, and the defense. He's been doing right, all right, three right, consistently. You. Right. No disrespect to any of these three players. They're doing what they do. Yeah. Curry, again, like I said, is carrying Curry. Golden State, has them on his back. Yeah. Um, definitely put them on his back Thompson. in game four. Yeah, Thompson did help. And Thompson is having his moments, but he's got to get a little bit more consistent. I think he will. Um, my guy, I think it was a good thing that Steve Kerr switched up and pulled Draymond late a little bit in that game right, right. four. That was a smart move. Uh, because Draymond is doing his thing, but he's a little extra with it right now for whatever reason. I don't know. And I talked about this last week. I talked about it on Thursday at the Drake as well. I, I like everything that Draymond does on the basketball court for that particular team. Does a lot of good things for them. The things I don't like are the things that he's doing now, but it just seems like now he's just exaggerating them just a bit more. I don't know if it's... Him not being accustomed to playing a team that's going to be as physical, as consistently as Boston has been right. against Golden State right. or what. But it's just something a little off with what he's doing. Like I said, it's the normal stuff that he's doing, right. but it's just a little off because it's kind of somewhat exaggerated, in my opinion, um, right now. So getting back to that. Tatum has had a couple bad games offensively. But, (laughs) but, he also has done what you expect from your star player. I'm not scoring the ball like I had been, but I'm doing everything Mm -hmm. else. The one game he had, 12 or 13 assists. He's doing everything else. Until he can get out of this little funk and get his scoring back. Yeah, I'm going to ask you a quick question. Um, So, that being said, if I had to go, I mean, my two top, my two for MVP right now would be Jalen Brown and and Curry. Yeah, right now. Okay. Can I ask you something? I want to get ahead of myself. This is a good basketball question. And then you've been playing ball, and you know, I'm going to get to my point. If, you used to work, look at my hand, if, they win the championship. I think Curry ain't going to win it in six or seven, whatever. My point is, if Dallas, them young ladies win the championship, steal it, whatever you want to call it, you think this is going to be the beginning of a new dynasty? Because good team, great team become like, they, they came down and robbed early. You dynasty think we, uh, for who? Boston. 
No, I don't think it'll be. I don't think because they keep talking about. They talk about this on ESPN. No. They said that okay, they, they, who, yeah. who had a better chance of winning this chip? Who's going to be no. a dynasty? Yeah, no, is it no. going to be Curry and them because they already got three? Yeah. Or is it going to be Boston with them young legs and mm. they have their arrived mm. early? I, I mean, about this at my job if, if, it, if it happens, it happens. You know, like I said um, Thursday at the Drake, the way what I've seen from Boston right. um, so far in the finals, I, I've been impressed. Me too. Uh, so now I wouldn't be surprised if they win. I like I said, because yeah. of the experience and I think game four was, in my opinion, a really good game, uh-huh. but I think it was an even better statement game for Golden State. Yeah. Not for the series, right, right. not for Boston, but for, for Golden State. Yeah, as far as them, like I mentioned in the beginning, We've been with, they've been there before. They know how to do it. Yeah. And just recently, uh, a lot of chatter has been, they've been here before, but it hasn't been like this. I understand that. I totally get that. This, and that's very true. But Boston is still slightly young. But they're going to fight. They're going to go down swinging. No matter what, they're going to go down swinging. So, again, it wouldn't surprise me. I wouldn't have that wow factor if they did win. And I still think Golden State is going to take it in six. That's what I said. Um, six or seven. Possibly seven now. Like I said, the way that Boston has been playing. Yeah. Um, the physical nature and what they've been doing. Right, right. But getting back to your question, yeah. I don't think <clears throat> just by them winning it, I don't think that would make them a dynasty. Well, what um, potential to be a dynasty? I think you could argue that, but they're, be one and done. their three best players are all perimeter players. Right. Um, Tatum, Tatum and, and Smart. Smart's smart a problem. I, yeah. I understand the, the way the league has evolved and changed, if you will. No hand check. Yeah. But we saw the last two years, the top two candidates for MVP were two centers. Giannis. Jokic. Jokic and Embiid were the top two. But overall, top two each last two years. Yeah. So you see the game is beginning to evolve around the centers again. Not so much evolve around the centers, but teams that have centers yeah. that have certain skill sets are being utilized a lot more than past. we've seen in most recent past couple years. years. Uh so you could uh, yes, you could argue and say that that could be the signs of or potential looking at a dynasty. Yeah, baby. Yeah. But when you look at the actual makeup of the roster, and when you talk about a dynasty, I hope not. I hope you, you've got to look at everything. Yeah. And, you know, it's that Coaching. saying, it's, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And, and for them, they finished great so far. Yeah. And just going back to the regular season, what they did in the beginning of the season to what they did after the All-Star break, they finished on a tear. Carried into the playoffs. Great. So, like I said, they definitely have done what everybody says. It's not how you start, it's how you you finish. That's a check by us. That box is checked. The only thing I have to say about it is... I like the coach, too. And... There's no disrespect because it's his makeup and he can work on certain 
offensive skills that can get him some more buckets. And I'm speaking of Robert Williams. He oh. does what he does oh, very well. Rebound bomber. He does what he does very well. Yeah. But he's got to get to the point where, like I said, he's got to get in the gym and get more something. Muscle. Some, not so much more muscle, but he's got to get some offensive skills where. Like Rashid. Not even so much like Rashid. He's just got to get some offensive skill sets, mm-hmm. so a couple moves. In general, in order for that to be looking more like a dynasty, because they can't rely on certain moments like in finals games or in playoff games or sometimes in in, in regular NBA games when the game slows down, when you need a post presence. Right now, they can't rely on him to dump the ball into him to the 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 post. Hold on and and get and get a bucket. We got Joel Embiid from time to time. We got Tobias Harris, yada, yada, yada. Teams have players. If it's not their center, teams do have uh-huh. players that may be versatile players that can play in the post and on the wing, or they got players that can play in the post. They need that out of him to have more consistency overall. Um, and like I said, besides that, you have Tice on that roster as well mm-hmm. at the center spot. Right. Don't really have much of an offensive game to give you. And then you've got an aging Al Horford, who is arguably playing the four for them. Which is, if he plays past this year, it's going to get tougher for him playing that four. Yeah, it's going to get tougher for him playing that four. So, you could kind of say, with the three, they have the makings of a potential dynasty, yeah, yeah. but it's still some work to be done. Quick question: You think the way you, your language, the way you're talking, besides Brown Tatum, he's the most important, most important piece of that, that roster. I think Smart is. Yeah, Smart is the most yeah, important. Uh, piece the way you're talking about him, he's important. Like yeah. the rebound and stuff. The way they talk yeah. about him, like he, gonna he, get he is. He's a rebound. Dinger. No, no question. Jalen Brown's a leader. Yeah. Yes. Jason Tatum is a leader. Yeah. But the leader of that particular team is Marcus Smart. Yeah, he is. He's very important. Like I said, Jalen Brown, Tatum, leaders in their own right. Yeah. But if you had to say somebody is a leader of that team, he's a small that unit, Rodman. that is Marcus Smart. Yeah, that's Marcus Smart yeah, all day. I, I bring that up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, get that, off a little yeah. bit. That's Marcus Smart all day. So, again, like I said, you know, I think – you can look at them and say you do have the makings for a potential dynasty next year. They might, they might win it this year. You never know. I don't know. I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to just take them winning it to put them there. No, 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 no. I ever know. Like I said, they they still got, but they still got, still got work to do. Yeah. True. Like you, you look at everything and every team that's won it, Every team that made runs and, and everything like that, either just in the playoffs or if they finally made it to the finals. You look at teams like you look at Boston right now, Grant Williams is playing very well for them. Mm-hmm. But because of his resume, mm-hmm. you could very well spike, spark up a conversation and say, is he going to play this well next year? The light skin with Grant Williams. Oh, Grant. Is he oh, going to play this well oh, yeah, again yeah, yeah. next year? 
he's a, uh, he's is, a is Peyton Pritchard going to stay this course and play this well again consistently next year? How about help? All of them. How about so yeah, it's questions the all the way across the yeah, board. Okay. And I just use them as an true, example true. because they're currently in the finals. But I can even go back to some of the things I said to some co-workers and some other uh, friends right. about Miami right. in these playoffs. And I'm watching the playoffs. I'm talking to a couple of guys I know that we normally talk basketball at work. And I brought up something, and I mentioned, I said, you know, looking at this series, and I think this was the early stages of the Sixers-Miami series or the series prior to that. And I mentioned to someone, I said, you know, Bam Adebayo has kind of slacked off a little bit since his all-star. Hey, Rashad Akuzo, what's going on? Since his... um, since his, him being, being named an all-star, last couple years after that, including slacking this up. year, he's been slacking off so? a little bit. Yeah. Bam, Bam gives some heat. But he hasn't been playing like he had played up until he, that all-star 15, 15, selection. 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, yeah, but, but he had games yeah. when he, he was dis- he had disappeared. He game in the... Uh, yeah, he had yeah. one good game. Yeah. Like, you know, people like argue about his size, and you got to look, he's not a center. First and foremost, he's, he's not a center. He's a small four. He's a four. He's really only about six nine. Yeah, he's not a real true big. He's not a true big. He's a four at best. He plays like a big. But they have him, with everything else they have around him, like they he big. can play the five. Like a Tim Duncan. Yeah, with the athleticism, he can play the five. Right. You know, a little bit more than Tim Duncan because he's a little bit more athletic than Tim Duncan yeah. was. But he's slacked off um, a little bit. Yeah, work on his offense again. Uh, so you've got to take all of that into question right. when when you start talking about calling a team a dynasty. Um, when I think about dynasty and the word dynasties, not even for me, not even the three, four. For me, it's the consistency. And how they maintain the same level year in and year sure. out. True. So you can very easily go with the Chicago Bulls yeah. for their two three peats, but like they Jack. remained yeah. at the same level in each set of three. They were high three. level first three years, and they were again high level second three years. So they knew what it took to get there and be there. So that's kind of thing like you can call it dynasty. Been and you can go Lakers. Three with Kobe and Shaq. Prior to Kobe and Shaq, you can go Kareem and Magic. Of course, five. Um, and, and the five way that years. they stayed, the way that they stayed consistent, yeah. either conference finals or finals, just about every year. In nine years, five chips. Um, yeah. Then you get to the Kobe Shaq era. Yeah. Same thing. Triple. For a short time, you could argue. They could have more than that, really. The Sixers in that mix when it was always them in Boston. You can argue Boston in there because they kept the same. When they got really, really good and got that taste, they remained consistently at high levels of play for years after that, more than one year after that. So that's that's how I feel like about a dynasty. And then you could even say the Golden State Warriors for their short time, dynasty level, because they stayed at that. And that's what I say for me. Yeah. They stayed at that level 
so again, like I said, six years, you, you, you got questions, and you can have questions with everybody, even that I said, with okay. different pieces yeah. on all of those teams. Right. But like I said, it was just so fresh in my mind, and these are the two current teams that are playing, right. that this is what happened. Because if you look on the other side, you can argue Jordan Poole's having a hell of a year. Will it be at this particular high level next year? And I'm not saying that he can't have another very good year. Will it be at this level next year? Once teams have film enough and they can scheme and learn how to defend him and adjust things. Same thing with uh, Gary Payton's son. Great year. And like I said, you see like what they did with Steph, what they did with Steph Curry. Right. They began to get physical with him. Yeah. So what did that make ultimately that he, made he him go adjust. out and get stronger? He had yeah. Yeah, he so it's the same situation for oh, look at Clay coming back. He had to work his way in. Right. The injury. The injury. You know, it had to work his way back in. True. So, you know, like I said, for me, when you start talking about dynasty and dynasties, you you've right. gotta be able to sustain uh-huh. for me that that high level of play like for a few years going, mm-hmm. you know. And, and you can't say we gonna be we we on the verge of being a dynasty and we win it, and then the next year Before you go out in the second round of the playoffs. That's not a dynasty. That's not a dynasty. Everybody knows. No, yeah. um, the second of years are constantly winning. Yeah, chips. not and, a, and for me, I don't even think for me in my opinion, I don't necessarily say you have to win the chip. But if you get there, no, for me you do. Then that's for me that consists for me. I can give you a dynasty for that, even if you don't win it all the time, because you're not gonna win it every time. Dave, real quick. But if you the get 90s, there, real quick, Atlanta Braves in ninety. Eleven straight and with a penance, they got one chip out of that. Yeah, but for you that, still could say that's a dynasty. You can still argue. You can still argue that. You can still argue that being a dynasty. Yeah, you said eleven. True. 11 pennants. 11 pennants. They only got one world title out of that. Right. But they consistently, look at the consistency. Yeah, yeah. 11 years, they were the top the baseball, dogs. That's hard to do. Yeah, 11 yeah. years straight, yeah. they were the top dogs. So, yeah. you know, that for me, that's what I, like I say, that's what I consider as Man, going in um, yeah. as a yeah. dynasty. Yeah. So, so now that we are here, we're going to move on just a quick before we take our first yeah, break. And... The next thing I wanted to bring, and like I said, I didn't want to mention this in the opening because I wanted to leave it kind of open mm-hmm. and have people thinking and wondering what I was going with and what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So, just because we're in the finals, and, and I found, and the way that we, the finals have been mm-hmm. so far this year and the playoffs have been so far this year, saw so this article, and, and I felt like it's true. and it's, It is how the NBA playoffs are a different sport. So, you know, we always talk about the playoffs uh, being a different season. It's a new season. Uh, in the NBA, you know, we like to talk. It's a different animal, different vernacular that we use for it all the time. But a lot of the points that were made in this article were, in my opinion, definitely true. Uh, I haven't been a coach on this particular level as far as like pros and this is where we're talking about NBA but I have been a coach been a player so I understand 
situations and what they mean when some of these statements and some of these points were made. Right. So, um, Steve Kerr was big on this article. Mm-hmm. He says, in the playoffs, the difference, according to Steve Kerr, is it's dramatic. Um, and I quote, it's hours and hours of preparation. You're looking for every little edge you can get. You go through every scenario as a staff. All you do is prepare for that one team. It's almost a different sport. See, strategies that worked months ago are thrown out of the window. Right. Losses go from we'll get the next one to soul-crushing or even worse, career-defining. The intensity on a possession-to-possession basis weeds out players who can't contribute on both ends of the floor. Right. It's completely a different game said Max Struess uh, of the Miami Heat. He also goes on, he says, the intensity and focus that is required is 10 times at this level, at, on what's at hand. Wait, I'm sorry, 10 times um, at this level. These are the moments you want to be in. JaVel McGee says it means more. It's a lot of tension, it's a lot of excitement on what's at hand and what the future can hold. Maxie Kleber of the Dallas Mavericks says, everything we do is a lot more detailed. We have a lot more information. Everything is so detailed. We know exactly how we want to attack. The game is played differently on every, differently everybody is on edge. There is a level of awareness, energy, and physicality that ramps everything up, says Steve Kerr. So, a lot of those points are exactly um a lot of the things that i thought about you know when i read it um i related to a lot of them every possession matters every possession is do or die attention to detail has become such a thing you don't want to put yourself in a hole every game has has a significant meaning says uh toscano anderson so all of that my good people is very true when you think about your regular season compared to the playoffs. And even though they've added some back-to-backs into the season um, most recently, normally you, in a regular season, like Steve Kerr was saying, you make a game plan for Team A, and you go through that. After that game is over, unless you're in that back-to-back, you move on to Team B. Right. Uh, sometimes you have game plans laid out. If you're like on a long road trip, you may have one or two laid out, possibly or whatever. Right. Once you make it to the playoffs, uh, you're playing this team for, you got two weeks approximately, seven games to beat this team four times. <clears throat> a lot of people don't think about it like that. And that's why I think that article was very pertinent. And I think it was proven um, with what's going on in these current playoffs right now. Fact. That, again, about two weeks time frame. And you've got seven opportunities to beat this team four times. Four times. Right. And mind you, on the other side, they're situation is the same they've got seven games to beat you four times yeah, so 
like they said, you can't go into a game and say, we'll get the next one. Because now you won behind. Yeah. So, in the playoffs, it becomes, we got to get this next game. Whether you're home or away or whatever, we got to get this next game in the NBA. You got to get that next game. And you have, believe it or not, it might sound strange, where in this seven-game span, we know you're playing the same team. But as you progress, your game plan and with your adjustments, it's going to change. From game to yeah, game, day to day, yeah, yeah it, it, it's going to change. Even though, like I said, you know the personnel, you're playing the same team. Every game has a different but makeup. Yeah, every game is different. different. So let's take for example, you win game one on the road. Change your stuff up. So now that home team has lost game one, so they lost their home court advantage. They so try. they know now yeah. we have to get try. this one. Yeah, and in the back of their mind, they also know. Now we got to get to them and get one there too. Go stay to do it other night. So, your mindset, mindset, your planning becomes very different. You got to adjust on the fly, buddy. It, it becomes very different yeah. than yeah. you play Golden State tonight in the regular season. You well, all for a night or two, and the next thing you know, you looking up and you playing Cleveland. So your that is different. It's totally different. Mm-hmm. You know, Golden State, you got to. Dot your I's, cross your T's, so to yeah. speak, or whatever, and be very precise. Right. No disrespect. Cleveland is a pro team. They've gotten better. But sure. still, Different if animal. you're a team like where Boston is now, when you say, all right, I played Golden State, had to do this, had to do that, we go into Cleveland, it just looks a lot different. <clears throat> your game plan is going to look a lot different. Fact. And that's only because talent level is not the same and your two opponents. Going from Golden State to going to Cleveland, talent level, no disrespect. They're all pros or whatever, but like I mean, Talent level is not the same. Mm-hmm. So your game planning is going to look different. Right. It's going to look even more different in the playoffs, like I said, because now you've got that same team. But, again, it's that added in there where if you go into Cleveland and just by chance jet lag or something, you're tired, they end up stealing that We're game. Stealing that game. Yeah. You can very easily say, Okay, okay, all right. off night. It's off night. We we did this, we you know. We just had Golden State. We got them. We'll get them next time. When you get to the playoffs, different animal. It's different. Pretty much. You know. Now let's just go back a little bit and say, let's say you started Golden State. Golden State wins both games at home. They're fine going into three. They took it home. home They're court. fine going into home. They took care of home court. So they lose. They're good. So their game plan is yeah. more going to be on the guessing. If they go up 2-0 going in, I think that feel like it's going to be some guessing in there trying to decipher what they're going to adjust to, to get that games. win. Exactly. Uh, so now we're going to have to normally adjust on the fly in the game because we got to figure it out. We're not going to figure it out on the fly. We may not even get to figure it out watching film. Right. We can speculate what they might to do, but we have to have to get into it and yeah. then we can move on and go on. So, and, and, you know, in the playoffs, you know, rotations get shorter. So teams that might, guys that might have played a few minutes here and there in the regular season, they might not get those minutes or those guys may come in and have a great game one night for something that you never planned for 
So now you have in the back of your mind, okay. are we going to get this again? Was that just a one night? The are their coaches going to ride his, give him another shot somewhere down the line? Right. So now we got to add this into our game planning yeah. for this guy. So, yeah. you know, again, I, I agree with a lot of things that um, are in that article. So um, I think I posted it. If I didn't, I will get to post it on my social media so you can all check it out, read it. But if, I'm sure you right. all heard it here. But if you don't want to see the article, you'll be able to see this video later because it is going to be posted up on Facebook. Uh, we are going to take our first break. Yes, sir. When we come back, we are going to stay NBA. We're going to talk a little bit of NBA draft. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to ride out at the end of the day with the Jack Del Rio comments and the PGA versus the LIV. Folks, you are and have been tuned in to Sports Rap right here on Heat 100 Radio yes, and Facebook Live, the group page. We will be back with you on the other side. In just a couple seconds. Yeah, I'm gonna check my car. Right back. The second half of the Sports Rap Podcast right here on Heat Hunter Radio. Like I mentioned earlier, you can get into the group. If you're in the group, you can get into the group description and you can get the link for the R the RDO link rather, so you can tune in and listen to us on the go. Or you can just get the TuneIn app and search Heat 100 Radio and tune in there as well. So, we are back. And in, right now, we're going to get into some NBA draft real quick. Uh, because I'm not going to spend an exerted amount of time on the Jack Del Rio and the PGA and the LIV issues. Uh but I wanted to get into some NBA drafts since it's like right around the corner. Actually, it's like I said, 10 days away. June 23rd is the NBA draft. And actually, we'll be live on location for the NBA draft at the Drake Tavern. I think that'll be the next day we'll be at the uh, Drake Tavern on location. So we'll be doing some things uh, for discussing the draft and going through the draft there. Uh, on that night so make sure you come on out hang out with us you know sports and drinks hashtag sports and drinks uh drink tavern mm -hmm. always welcomes us in come on out yeah. hang out with us talk some sports get to get to meet us in person like i said you watch us you see us every monday on facebook live you hear me all over the place yeah. on social media you follow me you see my post but Come on out. Yeah. You can come on out and get up close and personal with us. Yeah. Talk to us real live and in person. Yeah. Um, talk some sports. Have a drink. Mm -hmm. You know, get a small bite to eat. Just hang out with us. Have a good time. You know, the weather's nice, so you can get out now. Um, just come on and hang out with us, you know, every other Thursday. I said next week we'll be there on draft night, June 23rd. So you'll hear more about that next Monday when we're here in studio and all next week on social media. Yes, but as you know, um, with the Sixers trade, there was talk about them um, having or not having the 23rd pick this year. The Nets had the option to defer, so they deferred uh, to next year's pick, which is unprotected, mm -hmm. um, in hopes that some things go awry for the Sixers mm -hmm. and, and it becomes a, a more, a very lucrative pick, if you will. I don't actually think that's going to be the true case, but whatever so the Sixers will keep their pick this year they will have the number 23 pick in this year's draft 
So all of the speculation um, on this year's draft, there's a lot of back and forth about who's going to be one, two, and three. The top three candidates are Jabari Smith um, from Auburn, Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga, and Paolo Banchero from Duke. There's been some back and forth with the number one and the number two uh, with Jabari and Auburn and and Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga. You know, we talk about drafts and and, uh, several times on the show, people have to realize that this draft speculation, these speculated number one picks, uh, sometimes you get teams that get the number one pick that um, kind of need a lot or need help everywhere. (laughs) So they get that number one pick. They're just going to take what best player available and start from there. Sometimes um, via trades and things of that nature, you get teams that will get number ones or high lottery picks um, via these trades that need pieces. And then it depends on what they need. So, Drafts can go a lot of different ways. Um, So, like I said, the number one, two, and three top three candidates um, for the top three picks are, again, and this is no particular order, Paolo Banchero out of Duke, Chet Holmgren out of Gonzaga, and Jabari Smith from Auburn are the the main, the biggest prospects in this year's draft. There's a lot of talk on the Sixers drafting... 23rd pick. The, yeah, the kid from Ohio State, EJ Little, who was speculated as, as a player that can come in and contribute right away, mm-hmm. which is something that the Sixers would need at that position he plays on the wing. Got roster they they mm-hmm. definitely need some wing help, some bench help, somebody that can come in and contribute um, right away. Was he a forward then? He's a forward, yeah. Um I wrote down, I think I think I did write down some other names um of some players that could possibly come in yeah, and completely come in and via the draft and come in and immediately have a role for the Sixers. Um again, like I said, is one is the EJ Little uh from, from Ohio State. The other one is Wendell Moore, who are the top two prospects actually for the Sixers at that number 23 pick. Wendell Moore, another a junior, a, a guard, um, 6'5", that can shoot the ball, that can defend on the wing, right. that can shore up some bench help for the Sixers. Right. Others are Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara, Christian Braun out of Kansas, and top Jari Eason of LSU. So, you know, the Sixers are, are going to be busy. Uh... As of right now, they have that 23rd pick. Mm-hmm. Come training camp, come draft night, that pick might be on the move right. or something. Or somewhere down the line, they may pick somebody there and then Trade later on line. move it, move that particular player or the rights to that particular player in the trade somewhere down the line. But the draft, um, I think, is going to be very intriguing. Uh the team that has the number two picked Oklahoma City, they are going to be picking in the lottery for like the next four or five years. 
okay. because of the trades that they made and, and the right. number of picks that they accumulated. So they'll arguably be picking in the lottery for the next Thank four you. to five years, right. if not longer. Mm-hmm. As far as the Sixers, um, I think, again, with all the talk about James Harden willing to take less money, I think they're going to get that done, try to get that done first. And, and then I think everything else after that, I think, begins again, like I keep saying, with Tobias Harris. And I say that because of the contract that Tobias Harris has. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could very – I went through a thing where they had people that would arguably not be on the team. You're talking about like your DeAndre Jordan mm-hmm. probably won't be here. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll have Charles Bassey and Paul Reed. But are they solid enough to be the, the everyday backup for Joel Embiid? In my opinion, no, not yet. Um, I think Charles Bassey will get there a little bit quicker. Excuse me, then Paul Reed, because he's a little bit more skilled as far as low post footwork, things of that nature. Paul Reed is your energy guy, can do some things for you, but he's more your energy guy um, and that swing uh, power forward, not a backup center. So you'll need a backup center. You you definitely are going to need some shooting. Uh. You know, it was put out, and you saw him at the, one of the playoff games against Miami. I think it was Seth Curry was in the building. So it could be a chance that there's some talk about bringing Seth Curry back. Possibly. You know, you know, never know happened because we don't know what's going on up in Brooklyn. They've already stated that they are not willing to give Kyrie an extended contract. They have not reportedly have not talked to KD since the season ended. So we don't know what's going on there uh, with that situation with yeah. those people. So, you know, it could be anything going on there. Time, but, you know, for the Sixers, again, like I said, it starts there. Um, they argued that Danny Green probably would have to be moved, but now you can't. But even if you did, you keep him, you still won't have him for most of the season because of the injury. Yeah, right. So he's pretty much out of the picture. So, so you need some more shooting. Um, you can arguably move Furkan Korkmaz now. Couldn't do it before because you had just re-signed him, but you can move him now. Um, I think you need to stick with Isaiah Joe. Uh, let's see, who else was on that roster? You can bring Niang back. I like what he did for you. Mm-hmm. Um, again, like I said, some of these players that you got this year on the Sixers were asked to do more than what they were typically normal were typically asked to do and they performed well in the regular season it just ran its course in the playoffs when games slowed down and teams knew if we let him shoot he'll get hot but we got to push him off make him do other things so it was fairly easy for um teams to defend with the makeup of the roster um you you have to keep Tyrese Maxey I would like for you to keep uh Thibel as well because of the defense. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you're looking. It's some ways you can go. But, again, like I mentioned, I feel like everything other than uh, getting a situation with James Harden done as soon as they can, if possible, for less money, everything you know, else is anything. Yeah, I, I take him back. You know, because you didn't get. They say he's not the James Harden three years. You got half. I mean, listen, the way I explained it, you got him for half a season. You saw some flashes. You saw some moments, of right. course, in the regular season. But he was hurt. Yeah. I, I, I legitly believe that he was legitimately hurt. 
but he gave us some effort. Um, I knew going in that you weren't going to get the Houston Rockets, James Harden. I knew that because of the mileage on you. You weren't going to get that. I knew that. And then by him going to Brooklyn and then Kyrie's situation and then with KD getting hurt when he had to carry them and play extra minutes, that load was wearing tear because he was hurt then too. It just wasn't. You weren't going to get that James Harden from the Houston Rockets. I think, I think with a full training camp, a fully healthy James Harden, you'll see something different. I'm not saying how much difference is going to be, but I think you'll see something different. But there needs to be something else um, in that mix. And again, like I said, unfortunately, because of the contract, it, it starts with Tobias Harris. So. We'll definitely, I'll definitely keep my eyes on every situation that's going on. Once again, NBA draft. Um, sorry, excuse my voice. NBA draft okay. uh, next Thursday, June twenty third, and again we'll be at the Drake Tavern. Real quick, some free agents that the Sixers could possibly look at this off season: Gary Harris, Kent Bazemore. Cody Martin, Brent Forbes, and DeLon Wright. Um, all of those guys, I think, would fit. I'm not sure about the Kent Bazemore situation, but the other four, I think, would have a purpose and a fit on the Sixers team. Hey, real quick, you know what pick uh, LA is going to pick? No, I don't know what pick the Lakers okay, have, if they even have a pick. So, you know, um, that's that. So, moving along, we all know and we've been seeing the reports Last few days, uh, Jack Del Rio and his comments about January 6, 2021, the invasion of the Capitol building. Called it a dust-up. Compared to the day of riots, looting, and burning during protests in the summer of 2020. He was was fined $100,000 after his comments by the Washington Commanders. And they are kind of trying to shy away from having any correlation um, to him and his comments. Still a coach, but they don't have anything they say to do with his comments. What's up, Ball? So they fired him. Uh, What's going on, player? Stan is back in. Ball joined us. Yeah, what's up, Ball? What's going on, player? So he said that the... Storming of the yeah, Capitol man. building was a dust-up. What's up, man? It was really nothing compared to the rioting and looting, yada, yada, yada. Are, are you really serious, dude? He said we got poor connection. Like, mm-hmm. calling it a dust-up is a joke. Right. Um, I mean, these people stormed the building, eventually got into the building. But they were allowed to do so because there was no security until after the fact. If you stick with his trend, so to so to speak, and when he mentioned the rioting and the burning up of neighborhoods, if there had been some people of a darker tone attempting to storm this Capitol building, or if they had gotten rumors of some people of a darker skin tone, a darker shade. Right thinking about or planning to, there would have been National Guard members on those steps before those people got there to try to initiate that plan. Right. Again, these people got 
into the building with guns, fought their way into the building, right. and you're calling it a dust-up? Like, you are so far out of tune as to what truly happened, um, Mr. Del Rio. <laughs> you, you, you can't call something like that a dust-up. That it, it is a crime. It, 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 it is what it is. It's a crime. It's a travesty. It, it, it doesn't make you feel any more secure, any more comfortable living in this country when something like that can happen. Um, a lot of us, like myself, that live in urban communities, um, we are used to certain things, if you will. And I'm not going to use that term like people say they're numb to things. No, I'm never going to be numb to it. But I, I'm used to a couple things that go on. Still don't like them. Still don't agree with them. Right. But I understand where I am and how things are and what happens where I am. Right. Something like that, it's no adjusting. It's no being accustomed to that. Uh, that should never happen and although they claim created equal and we all know the story behind that Mm -hmm. with with people that look like me we know we we are totally different we still gonna get treated different but there is no way in my opinion that you can call that a dust up it is very very strange that you called it a dust up makes me think a little differently about you and where your thought process is in that whole situation right uh, so again, like I said, I wasn't going to spend a ton of time on that. Nah. He said what he said. He, like I said, he mentioned, like I mentioned, he's taking his Twitter account down. He was fined. So, you know, we'll, we'll definitely see what happens with him, if anything else. Right. Next up is, if you have not known, you have not heard, there is a new golf tournament, LIV. Golf International Tournament. It's an event um, who is sponsored by some Saudi Arabians, believe it or not. Oh, Lord. Um, There has recently been some PGA players that have been suspended for taking part in this LIV uh, golf tournament. Now, mind you, this LIV golf tournament is paying some of these players upwards of $100,000 to participate. Um, I'm going to get to some of the prize monies um, in a second. But players have resigned their membership from the PGA before they started this LIV golf tournament um, to be held outside of London. And now they are also being told by PGA that they are no longer eligible to compete in PGA Tour events or the President's Cup. Among those now banned from tour are six-time major champion Phil Mickelson, two-time major champion Dustin Johnson, long-time Ryder Cup participant Ian Poulter, Lee Westwood, and Sergio Garcia. They have suspended 17 current and former members who are participating in the inaugural LIV golf event. I'm going to run through these 17 names again because there are a couple in here that I did not um, 
mentioned in there. But let me just tell you that the ones that I mentioned, I'm going to add a couple more to that. First are the players who informed the PGA that they had resigned their membership. Those players are Sergio Garcia, Brandon Grace, Dustin Johnson, Martin Kamer, Graham McDowell, Kevin Na, Louis Utsison, Turk Pettit, Charles Schwartzel, and Lee Westwood. Other players that have been suspended are Taylor Gooch, Matt Jones, Phil Mickelson, Andy Ogletree, Ian Poulter, Hudson Swafford, and Peter Uline have all been suspended. So, you just heard Frank say, if they were, you were offered uh, upwards of a hundred something thousand to join this tournament, would you go? I would. The thing becomes, the problem becomes, how long will this LIV be around? Right. PGA's been around forever. PGA's yeah. going to still be around. Simple math. Uh... But also you look at another avenue and you say, will the suspensions of the PGA, will it come back to haunt them if this LIV thing doesn't kick off like they expect it to, where these guys may have to come back? Or PGA suspending them and not still getting the ratings and the accolades that they had with them now without them, will they be wanting to figure out some type of way to negotiate to bring them back. So it's going to be talked about for a while. Uh, So let's just see here. The Live Golf Series um, features a 54-hole event, shotgun starts, no cuts, and team format. The seven regular season slate, that also includes stops in Baltimore, New Jersey, Boston, and Chicago, right. are offering $25 million purses, the richest in golf history. The winner gets $4 million, and the last place finisher gets 120000 A season-ending team championship, a tournament championship, mm-hmm. um, October 27th to the 30th at the Trump National Doral in Miami. Right has an estimated $50 million purse to the winner. (laughs) Um, And then again, like I mentioned, according to reports, top players also receive signing bonuses from LIV Golf worth more than $100 million. Wow. Bonus money. You can take the bonus money and be cool. Not even worry about having to win any of these uh, tournaments. So again, this is going to create... A lot of talk, a lot of chatter. Lot of chatter. Yeah. Um, it's going to pose a lot of questions for the golf world. Like I mentioned, I just mentioned a couple real quick. Mm-hmm. But there are going to be plenty of avenues that you can go. Yeah. Um, even the situation with Phil Mickelson where he won't even talk about it because he mentioned that he hasn't given up his membership to PGA. Nah. He said he has a lifetime membership, yeah. and he worked and hard and earned that. So yeah. why would he just willingly just go and yeah. give that up? Yeah. So, But unfortunately, he has been suspended by the PGA, wow. which I don't understand. He's a bet. Uh, so again, like one of the things I mentioned, I said when guys like Phil Mickelson, Sergio Garcia, Sergio Garcia. 
and those guys are in uh, Dustin. Oh, is it Justin? Let me see. What is his name? Um, he, he, well, we know what I'm going. We know where I'm going with this. Uh, Dustin Johnson. These guys are like, Vets. like the LeBrons and uh, Giannis's and KDs of the golfing world. Yeah. And with them not there, and like I said, the PGA's been around forever, so they're going to still function. Yeah, the ratings go down. Now. But their ratings and things are going to go down. And then you also have to look at, like I just mentioned to you, with the signing bonuses and with the purses, Mm -hmm. what if the expectations aren't, don't come to fruition for the Saudis and the LIV golf and and it crashes and they don't, you know, get what they expected. Then what happens? So the PGA, you suspended these players so now what do they do? Mm-hmm. Do you negotiate with them and bring them back in? Probably so. Uh, or do you kind of play hardball with them and let them ride it out for a season or two, yeah. see how you do without them, like and then possibly maybe mm-hmm. wean them back in? So, you know, it, it can go a lot of different ways. It, it, it can be a lot of different aspects, a lot of different avenues. Like I said, you can travel to discuss it but I just wanted to bring it to your attention because like I said the amount of money that that is being floated around um, in this tournament kind of makes me want to start taking up golf it's not easy dude I know it's not easy but you know it kind of makes me want to start taking up golf if I can get paid that much and I mean it's not like it's not like the other it's not like the four major sports when we know how ridiculous NBA contracts have gotten Mm -hmm. we know how NFL contracts have gotten but this type of thing is like it's not it's not real physical on your body. Um, it is a calming, quiet, for the most part, peaceful experience. Um, you will get your steps in, you know, traveling, the, walking the holes, whatever. You will get your steps in, whatever. But it, it, it's not that wear and tear on your body. It's not that extra physical, you know, on your body. Uh, so... You know, we'll see if some people start to get some wins and, and they see how the tournament things are set up, how it's run, how the, what the outcome is of the first tournament, and see if more people will migrate over. Right. Uh, but again, I think it's going to be extremely hard to completely shut down the PGA because, like we said, the PGA has been around right, since we can remember. Um, like we mentioned, we talked about Phil Mickelson and this whole thing. Phil Mickelson said he has a lifetime membership. Right. And you could argue that they're going for the money, but it's a lot of disparity um, in the PGA uh, with the top-tier players. And it's like in the PGA rankings, it's only like a handful of them were getting the most money. Um, but they weren't getting as much as they could get in this LIV thing. Right. So there also poses a problem. Like, could the PGA have been paying more and they just weren't? Or could they get to a point where they could offer just as much or more to keep some people in the PGA? So we will, I will keep an eye on this story. Um, if I get some updates or when I get some updates, I will definitely, um, share them 
with everyone else. Uh, you know, um, another great show today. Again, we covered a lot. Yes, sir. Uh, we got a lot of things discussed. We broke some things down uh-huh. for you. Um, tonight, Game 5 NBA Finals. Definitely mm-hmm. should be another good game. What do you like, um, I like Golden State. I mean, nobody so far has won back-to-back games. Yeah, I got this funny feeling Boston um, win. But I, I, I'm really pulling for Golden State. Yeah, I, I think... I think Golden State's going to win, um, ride off of, riding off of what they did, yeah, riding off of what they did the other night, the fans and, and I think, yeah, they'll be back home, it might be an overtime game um, I think they found something that they probably will use again with yeah. Steve Kerr, <laughs> um, Pulling Draymond late in the game, if Clay it if it comes to that, I, I think yeah, I think Clay's gonna have a real good game. Yeah, I think so. I yeah. think Poole's gonna have a good game. Poole's a problem. But I think, like I mentioned earlier, I think the game the other night Showed. was a statement game for Golden State. Like I said, I don't think it was for anybody else, but just for Golden State. This, this is why we good. To 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 right to reassure them that we ain't go away. Even though it's gonna be a fight. We know what we need to do. We know what we can do to win. To adjust them, yeah. And um, we've seen it, so let's just get it done. Yeah. You know, let's let's be us, not buy into all the extras, the outside noise, the outside chatter. Yeah. We understand what they're doing. It's, we're five. We're four games in. We understand it. Right. So let's they go out. Steve Kerr's smart. Let's go out and do what we do, and 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 get it done. Dave, real quick, don't you think Steve Kerr is a very underrated coach? Yeah, I think so. He is a good You know, coach, um, in the very beginning, you know, I kind of was a little biased, and I said he inherited that team. Yeah. But what I've seen him do, what I've seen him accomplish since he's then, very good. He, he's a really, yeah, he, I think he's a really, really, very really good coach. Very yeah, I think underrated. he's, I think I also think he's underrated. Yeah, I think he's underrated as as well. Absolutely. Uh, with like, that being said, great show, man. You know, um, make sure you guys are tuned in to Heat One Hundred. Um, the Dell. Will be active very soon. Make sure you are tuned in to Heat 100 Radio. You could oh. possibly win some tickets right. through the shows. Make sure you tune into the other shows that are here. Not just me, Sports Rap on Mondays, yep. but you got the Morning Rush yep. every Monday, every weekday. Okay, with Simply Monica, mm-hmm. the new Lou and Choose, Tracy Hardy, and right. Rock the Barber. Rock. You've got just started this past Saturday, every other Saturday from, I think, 10 to 11, yeah. the Shoddy Hour. Yeah. On Monday evening, which is tonight, later on tonight, okay. from 5 to 7, wow. a return show. It's been here a couple of weeks now, but a return show, Soul Opera with Sweets Franchise. So make sure you tune in at 5 p.m. for that. Right. Uh, no Chill will be coming back. So we got some shows you got some stuff for you, but you got to make sure you tune in. Like right. I said, the Dell is uh, going to be jumping. Tune in. You could win some tickets listening to Heat 100 Radio. Mm-hmm. Also, a lot of events going on at Lou and Choose. They just had school day Sunday yesterday, 3 p.m. So be on the lookout for next Sunday and all the events there as well. 
and just 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 check us out. You know, everybody has social media. You can check us all out. Instagram. You know where to find me at SportsWeb underscore D on Instagram and Twitter. YouTube SportsWeb TV. Make sure you get over there, subscribe to the page, hit the thumbs up on the videos that you like, and hit the bell so you will be alerted when new video comes up or is uploaded. Also, the webpage SportsWebRadio.com and the podcast, if you don't catch me here, you can catch the audio, iHeartRadio, Google, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Just search the Sports Rap Podcast. Also, every other Thursday at the Drake Tavern. I'll be there next week. So, <clears throat> you, you got to come and check us out, man. We're doing big things over here at Heat 100 Radio. Make sure you are always tuned in so you can win some tickets. And with that, we wrap up. Before we do that, I'm going to give you some schedules for tonight. Like we said, Major League Baseball, we got Braves and Nationals, the Marlins and the Phils, Orioles and the Blue Jays, White Sox, Tigers, Pirates, Cardinals, Astros, Rangers, Padres, Cubs, Reds, Diamondbacks, Royals, Giants, Twins, Mariners. NBA Finals, Celtics at Warriors tonight, 9 p.m. WNBA resumes on Tuesday. Mercury and the Mystics and the Storm and the Lynx. That being said, folks, Stanley Cup Finals are set to begin on Wednesday. The Lightning and the Avalanche. With that being said, folks, be great on purpose. Going to be a little cloudy today. Uh, High of about 80, 82. So enjoy the sun, a little bit of sun while you can. Remember, be great on purpose, like I just said. It's your boy, SportsWeb D, signing out, Heat 100 Radio. See you next week. Peace. Right here on in studio and all week on social media. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Peace. You know, uh, stay here while D. You're going right out. I'm going to be a minute. Uh, I'll be, I'll be.